Leviticus 15 podcast, where you'll receive Bible study tools and tips in just 15 minutes. Hey there, welcome to the Focus 15 podcast. Um, I'm Chris Orr, joined by my wife, Katie Orr. Hello. And today we are in chapter 11. Chapter 11. Wait, no, that sounds like we're in bankruptcy. Yeah, episode... (laughs) We might be. Hey, send money. No. Um, Yeah, no, so we are in episode 11 of uh, our uh, second season of this podcast. Today we're talking about commentaries. So um, if you have no idea what we're talking about, a commentary is a book or a volume uh, or a, a set of books that uh, are commenting on a particular passage of Scripture. So today we're asking the question, should I be using commentaries? So Katie, what do you think? Yes, I think we should be using commentaries, but I think we should not use them at first. At first when we first start studying, or like first as in the first thing you open? Like, what do you mean? Both. The goal of Bible study is to know God better and to comprehend His Word better. And if we are, I I fully believe that whether or not you've gone to seminary, whether or not you graduated from college or whatever, you know, I don't, I I think that each of us are able as Christ followers with the Holy Spirit within us, that we can each come to God's word and hear from him. We don't need to be dependent on other people to tell us what it means, but we've got to some work to do to, to get there. And commentaries can be very helpful because they can really illuminate a passage where we're having trouble. But I think we need to wrestle with it first. There is a rut that I know I have been that I would read a, read a verse and then I'd immediately, in my study Bible, go down to the bottom and read what it says. <laughs> so that the study Bible is going to tell me, oh, this is what this means. Um, and then if I didn't have a study note, then I was kind of stuck. Because if you have a study Bible, they might have it for, I don't know, five or six verses on the page, but there might be 30 verses on the page. So if there comes a verse that you're not sure what it means and there's no study notes, then you are kind of stuck. And so, you know, in the, the Focus 15 Bible study method that I've created, we spend five different days peeling back a different layer of the same set of verses. And I encourage in the Focus 15 Bible Studies for you to wait until that last day to use a commentary because it gives you a chance to kind of use your Bible study muscles and write out the passage and look up the cross-references and take a peek at the original language. And then at the very end, after we've done a little bit of work and said, okay, I think that this passage means this that you get to make that declaration on paper and say, this is what I think it means. At that point, that's a really good time to go use a commentary. And even if you're 99% sure that you are right, I still think it's a good practice to go to a commentary to make sure that your interpretation of Scripture lines up with this, what the super smart people that have studied the Bible all their life say. Do you agree with that, Chris? Yeah, I would. So, yeah, what Katie's talking about as far as you know, waiting to use the commentary. I think that's a good practice. Um, the The hard part is, okay, so if you are somebody who's not a, a paid Christian, you're not a professional Christian <laughs> uh-huh. in terms of uh, nobody's paying you to, to study and teach them. So you, you're not on church staff. Um, if you're somebody who's in that situation and you've gone to the trouble of locating and buying commentaries 
um, you're going to want to get your money's worth. And so that temptation is going to be there that, hey, hey, I've got it on the shelf. Why not use it? Yeah. And so uh, I think Katie's, uh, Katie's advice is, is helpful and, uh, and instructive for us to not always go there first. Um, sometimes it's just helpful to figure out, okay, what, what are some things I can wrestle through? And, uh, and you may get the answer wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you may yeah. get to the end, end of the process and, and, and it's like, wow, I was way off. Uh-huh. Um, but that doesn't mean that your study time was, uh, was unhelpful. I think that's, uh, that's part of the process. And certainly we can use um, commentaries to be kind of like a backstop or a safety net to make sure that we don't wander off into, um, into untruthful, um, unhelpful things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you mentioned that some people may have already bought a commentary and they have it on the shelf and they want to use it. I would say probably the greatest percentage of Christians don't own commentaries. So if someone were in the place of, you know what, I don't own any commentaries and I would like to. I need to I would like to go study a book and have a commentary to help explain this to me and make sure that I'm studying correctly. Where would you send them first? Well, let me start by saying not all commentaries are helpful. Not all commentaries are um, truthful. And uh, there, are some, there are some commentaries that, that I would say uh, are going to be very detrimental to a, to a believer um, as they read through them. And here's, here's why I say that. So as we, as we look at Bible study history, um, you have a movement coming out of Germany called Higher Criticism. And that was during a time in the late 1800s, 1900s, when, you know, science was really starting to, to come into its own. And people were, were saying, okay, we have all these scientific explanations for why the, the world works the way it does, and we used to not have those. And so we had to just trust God on a lot of these things. And so people started rejecting, specifically non-Christians, started rejecting supernatural things. And so as a response to that, um, you have this, uh, this academic group that, that comes through and they want to take all of the supernatural things out. They, they, want, to, they want to go through and find out, okay, um, Paul really did write these books of the Bible, but he didn't write these other ones. So if you have a, a commentary that's written under the influence of that movement... Um, then you're going to have a commentary where, where there, are pe- there are people that have PhD after their name. They're really, really bright people, but they would disagree fundamentally with you and your pastor about the nature of the Bible. You know, is it really authoritative? Is it God's Word? Um, they would reject those things. Mm-hmm. And so if you're reading a commentary that's written from that perspective, it's going to be very help- very unhelpful because you're going to be going up against somebody it's not a fair fight mm-hmm. you know but just because they have those credentials does not mean that their um that their conclusions are necessarily correct and so, so how do we know if i mean how would we even go about figuring out that that rhymed how do we go about figuring out um you're a poet and didn't know it, <laughs> I'm a poet and know it. how i mean you know i hear that and i'm like oh no what if the commentaries i have on my shelf are from the Whatever you said, higher what? Higher criticism. Higher criticism. So uh, one thing that you can do is if you're just completely stuck and you just don't know where else to turn, I would say ask your pastor. Your pastor's Mm going to have lots of commentaries that he's familiar with. There's going to be some that he's kind of read through and would recommend to you. Um, And and especially, you know, like we're Southern Baptists. And so 
like the the New American Commentary was written by mainly Southern Baptists, mm-hmm. and and I think it's a very helpful one. I don't agree with all of the conclusions that in every single commentary um, that they that, that that's in that series, but by and large, I'm going to mm-hmm. agree with that. So you probably look at the publishers too, you know. Yeah. So you could look if again we're Southern Baptists. So if if it's put out by B and H, then then we know that it's going to be for the most part within the bounds of what we believe. Yeah, right? you know, and if you and if you're someone who who has a more uh, reformed theological uh, leaning than uh, than Crossway, mm-hmm. they put out a lot of stuff. So they they publish um, like ESV uh, Study Bible, and we'll get to that in a mm-hmm. minute, but. Um, you know, or the Methodists, what's the, I'm trying to remember the... Is it Abington? Abington, yeah, Abington Press. I don't know if they have any commentaries, I but... I have no idea. Anyway, that's another thing that your your pastor could certainly... And it's not that we should, you know, Baptists shouldn't look at Methodist commentaries or vice versa or anything like that. But for some of those grayer areas that denominational lines have different views on, then you might be frustrated if you pick up... <laughs> A, a charismatic commentary when you are not a charismatic or vice versa you're going to find that frustrating and maybe confusing and so consider looking at who put out the commentary and ask your pastor what they think about it yeah so so that's the, the first place i would go to look um second place there's there's there are some uh commentary review resources we'll put these on in the links uh, page on the website, but there are there are books that have been written where people will go through and kind of review. There is a website, Best Commentaries, I think it's mm-hmm. .com. That's helpful. Um, and then there's also a, a list from a, one of the professors at my seminary, that, uh, Tom Schreiner, put out as far as strong commentaries. Of course, that's a little bit more on the academic side. So let's get into. Um, the nature of those commentaries. We, we talked a little bit about the worldview of the of the commenters, but mm-hmm. let's look at the practically. You open that thing up. What does it? How does it differ? Um, so there are some commentaries that are extremely academic, and if you open like if I were to open them up, I would look at it and I would be like, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of a lot of those real academic ones are going to be breaking down um, grammatical constructs in the original language and you know even if you've studied those before you're like what you like go cross-eyed mm-hmm. as you start to read them and so that would not be necessarily helpful i think for the average christian to have on your shelf there's other commentaries is that, there a name for those type of commentaries not really um but for instance so like if you were to go to the the word biblical commentary um by and large it's a very widely recognized um fairly solid commentary set but it is it is also pretty academic, mm-hmm. and so if you were to if you were to look at it, your pastor might say, "Oh yeah, I've got I've got the WBC on my shelf," um, but if you were to go read it, you'd be like, "Huh," you know. <laughs> and so I'll give you this: the longer the commentary series name, usually <laughs> the, the the tougher, more academic it's going to be. Um, but having said that, um, there are some very very good commentaries, and and I use a lot of them um, all the time. And so I'm not trying to say don't use them. I'm just trying to say resources are, are just don't are buy limited. the first. Don't buy the first one you find. Yeah, you know, I mean, look at the Amazon reviews. So, look at who's review, who. There's usually endorsements involved, and so if there's a pastor or a teacher that you like to listen to that endorses that commentary, then that you know could be. But if he says, I really like this for all that technical stuff that I love. But if it's, this is a great tool for the everyday Christian, well, that's probably going to be a good commentary to pick up. Yeah, absolutely. And so we mentioned study Bibles before. Um, 
Katie, when you, just in your study, commentary versus study Bible, how often are you looking at study Bible notes versus how often are you, like, saying, i got to go to the commentary to figure this out? Well, just personal study, probably, I, I don't know, the study Bible is usually helpful. Mm-hmm. But when I'm writing a Bible study, then I try to look in the commentaries a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of the same way, even in sermon prep. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of times where, see, I preach through entire books of the Bible, kind of mm-hmm. section by section, verse by verse, and so there's a lot of times where, you know, you've already you're already familiar with the words that are being used, and so you don't necessarily need to um, to look up those same words every single week. Um, and so um, I would say that that for the average Christian, if you have a good study Bible. That's going to answer 90% of the questions that mm-hmm. you ever have mm-hmm. about that passage. And the other 10%, I mean, like like Katie said, if you really want to uh, devote some resources to that, commentaries are a great way to supplement the, the study Bible. But if you don't have a good study Bible, I would say stop what you're doing right now at the end of this episode. Get online, get mm-hmm. on Amazon, go to your local bookstore and get a good study Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie and I both are big proponents of the ESV study Bible. They're, they don't pay us to say that. That's just what I use. Mm-hmm. Um, it's open on my computer right now. Um, and that's the other thing is that the so I do a lot of sermon writing, a lot of Bible study prep on my computer. And with the ESV study Bible, you get a code in it. And when you buy a physical when copy, you buy a physical copy. You get a code in the in the copy, and it will allow you to get online. You can create an account, and you can have. You know, a, a, a pane up of of the the Bible, and then right next to it is those study Bible yeah. notes. And so you can have it on your phone, you can have it on your computer, you can have Super it anywhere helpful. you go. Very convenient. Very helpful. Um, and I'm sure that the re- that that other good study Bibles have mm-hmm. a lot of those same things. Um, just kind of from our own mm-hmm. past yeah. or our own usage, you know, we we tend to go towards that ESV study Bible because it is so so good. But if you don't have a good study Bible, go get one. Mm-hmm. It will be. Uh, a, a very good addition to your Bible study mm-hmm. um, arsenal. And we probably should have said this at the beginning, but, you know, we're saying, should we use commentaries? Yeah, we think it's a good practice to use commentaries. But then Chris just said, you know, 90% of the time you don't need a commentary. You can use the study Bible. Well, really, the study Bibles are commentaries in the form yeah, the study of study notes are commentaries. Yeah, they're commentaries. But if you're wanting to, and I think this is something that, everyone should consider doing sometime is just to camp out in one book. Just pick one book of the Bible. Don't have a timeline. Don't try to push yourself through it. Just study one book of the Bible for a very long time. It is very eye-opening and it's it's amazing what you will see and learn by just camping in one place. And when you do that, you definitely need to get a commentary. It's really going to help your study and really further you along in the understanding of that book. So... Yeah, one last thing I'll throw in there. So going back to the question of how do I figure out which which one I like, go to your local Christian bookstore, pull out the commentary on John from, from a bunch of different places, and just look at them and see, okay, <laughs> yeah. are they... Is, can is I this read written, this? Yeah, can I read this? Is it written in a format that's helpful to mm-hmm. me? So that, that, that would be a great way to mm-hmm. figure out if you which commentaries you like and which yeah. ones you don't like. And it's there's lots of commentaries see, out there that read like devotional content. They've written written them for the audience of the everyday believer that wouldn't understand a lot of academic terms. And they're really, really helpful. So and we'll put we'll put links to those in the show notes. So thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you've enjoyed these tips, share it with a friend. To learn more about Chris and Katie and the Focused 15 ministry, go to focused15.com. Have a great week.